Hi everyone, and welcome to That Cartoon Podcast. My name is Kyle. And I'm Tej. School is out, and summer is upon us. The world is your oyster, and you need only to shuck it. But one thing stands in the way of your happiness. You're flat broke. As we all know, you can't thrive without three things. Money, candy, and cash. But how does one come by this cash? By getting a job? Wrong! No, no, no. You have to do it the old-fashioned way. You'll need to liberate that shmoney from the confines of other people's wallets. It's time to cook up another scam. This week, we are talking about a Cartoon Network classic, Ed, Ed, Nettie. This show, which was allegedly made on a dare, holds a special place in my memories and I hope in the memories of everyone listening. One of the many people that remembers the show fondly is Ruth Vincent, who was Ed and Nettie's producer on AKA Cartoons for the entire run. Uh, Ruth told us about what it was like producing this masterpiece for a full decade and her experience working alongside Danny Antonucci and Cartoon Network. Before we get into the nitty gritty of the episodes that we watched this week, um, I think we need to go over some background information just for anyone who's not really familiar with the show. Um, this show uh, follows three best friends, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, uh, who live in a cul-de-sac in a fictional town of Peach Creek in a nebulous region of America or Canada. Not sure. Doesn't matter. Um, Ed, with one D, is the comic book and gravy-loving muscle of the group whose intelligence leaves much to be desired. Uh, Ed, with two Ds, who is known affectionately as Double D, is the polite and obsessive brains of the group. And then finally, Eddie is their greedy, self-appointed leader. Uh, the series revolves around the Eds thinking and executing scams around the neighborhood to con their peers of their cash to purchase jawbreakers. Uh, of course, these plans rarely pan out, and the Eds are stuck dealing with the repercussions each time. Ed and Eddie was created by Danny Antonucci. He actually came up with the characters while working on a commercial. He pitched to Nickelodeon and Cartoon Networks. They both were very interested, but wanted full creative control. To what Danny said, Hell no. <laughs> Finally, Cartoon Network conceded and allowed him to maintain all creative decisions on the show. This led to a deal. The show was produced by Antonucci's studio, a.k.a. Cartoon, making it the first cartoon to be produced outside Cartoon Network's Hanna-Barbera. The premiere of the show on January 4th of 1999, and it ran until November 8th, 2009. It was a nice 10-year run. Edda and Eddie is the longest-running Cartoon Network OG series. The series was, and still is, a cult fave for kids, teenagers, and, I guess, adults. If we count. If we count. <laughs> we never did work from scripts. We only worked from oh. outlines. Um, so we'd have, like, a, um, you know, page-and-a-half outline or something mm -hmm. um, along those lines. And then the board artists would take that outline and build out an 11 minute episode, write all the dialogue themselves, um, you know, the, just from a, a skeletal idea from the writers. Like plenty of cartoons from the 90s, 
Ed, Double D, and Eddie were based on real people in Antonucci's life, are based on himself and his two children, while the cul-de-sac children and the canker sisters were all based on children that he grew up with. Antonucci's family immigrated from Italy. Danny grew up as a first generation in Canada. A lot of the characters' personalities and activities are based on his experiences, especially Rolf, an immigrant from a strange culture referred to as the old country. He barely interacts or messes with the Eds, except when they disrespect him or make fun of him for being foreign, to, to what he reacts as he should with some brute force. This is an important commentary on people interacting with other cultures, a mirror of society as well as the creator's childhood where he often had to live by the rules of two different worlds. Another important set of characters are Johnny and Plank, also two of my favorites. They are based on one of Danny's childhood friends, a kid that was kind of a loner who would spend most of his time hanging out with a blanket. Plank is based off the blanket, obviously, as Danny thought it would be really cool to do the show with a Plank taking on a character of its own to represent Johnny's best friend. Uh, it was someone who would encourage him to do things. Um, he didn't want Plank to have a voice, although there were people that encouraged that, but uh, he, the creator wanted it all to be from Johnny's head. I heard something... Uh, not very long ago, where somebody referred to Plank in some live-action television show, um, something about being being a Plank, um, and it <laughs> was clear that it was a reference to Plank, which made me laugh because it was so unrelated to animation. It was clear that you know some writer who is your age um, mm -hmm. stuck that in there. Antonucci, an advocate of hand-drawn animation, wanted to ensure Edda and Eddie was produced in a way similar to cartoons from the 1940s to, uh, you know, 70s. As a result, the series was the last major animated series to use traditional cell animation. You might, might ask, what is cell animation? It, it's the old-school 2D animation um, style of animating where there are multiple sheets of animation that go on top of each other to create the world that you are looking at. Um, so it, it was a nice last hurrah for, for cell animation, um, for children's cartoons. Our first bunch of episodes we actually shot on film, um, oh, wow. and edited on a Steenbeck. And then, um, uh, after that, we didn't shoot it on film. We shot it digitally, but it was all, um, hand it was, um, animated yeah. on cells and, cell painted and so on and i think it was about four seasons in when the big controversy was do we go to digital ink and paint i don't know oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know suspicious yeah <laughs> it won't be as good <laughs> now nice uh nice little fun tip um have you guys noticed that all the kids of the cul-de-sac have different colored tongues well the creator Danny claims that this idea first came to him after seeing his son and his friends with multicolored tongues while eating some candy, which is just such a, a 90s or just such a kid's thing, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I, I don't even want to think about like all the chemicals that they used to use and all that stuff that would just change your your mouth a different color for an entire day or two. I think it was just food coloring, but I'm not I'm not a scientist. 
Nah, man. It's uh, pr- pl- plutonium. Plutonium. It yeah, it was the Iranians that did it. <laughs> um, so this series uh, had about 69 episodes, nice, uh, that were spread over six seasons. Um, it also had an animated feature film um, called Ed, Ed, and Eddie, The Big Picture Show, which served as the series finale. Um, additionally, there were about four specials that were released during the run. Three were holiday specials, and the fourth one was as part of like a crossover event that was going on uh, throughout the, the, the Cartoon Network shows. Um, as we said earlier, it ran from about January 4th, 1999 to uh, November 8th, uh, 2009, when the movie was released. Um, created by Danny Antonucci uh, for Cartoon Network. And while there are a bunch of characters that we have mentioned, the, the three main, the Ed boys, um, Ed is voiced by Matt Hill, who you may have uh, remember from shows like Gundam Seed, Ronin Warriors, Card Captors, um, Transformers Armada, which is where I remember him most, uh, most from, Transformers Energon, Dragon Booster, Inuyasha, and Kyle's favorite show, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. <laughs> um double d was voiced by sam uh samuel vincent um he was also in gundam seed hamtaro inuyasha card captors x-men evolution crypto the super dog um as well as my little pony friendship is magic martin mystery and ninjago and then finally we have eddie voiced by tony samson um some of his works also include gundam seed card captors uh, Transformers Armada, Inuyasha, X-Men Evolution, Mucha Lucha, um, and Mega Man NT Warrior. Now, they, they're, they're all in other things too, but those are just like the things that I was aware of um, that when I, I found out, you know, that really popped out to me. And it's, it's, it's cool to see that these three who were working together for um, just right around 10 years were also in all these other shows together too. And um, looking back into it, apparently... Um, Matt Hill and Samuel Vincent, they grew up together, or at least they grew up in the same place. So oftentimes they were cast as as friends in these shows um, as, as things were progressing. As we mentioned previously, the show was created um, as like a dare or as a challenge. Um, Danny Antonucci, the creator, um, previously, you know, he, he was working for Hanna-Barbera, um, but in his solo work, he was really doing more edgier, kind of adult-oriented shows. Um, while he was, uh, you know, just hanging around, they actually asked, he was, you know, asked, well, why don't you, why don't you uh, create a, a children's show? Let's see if you could do it. And, you know, it just all went from there. He created uh, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And it's just wild to me that this show, created as a dare, turned out to be such a such a massive hit. I mean, 10 years is a long time. Um, it's, it, that, it, that's not a significant amount of time, especially when he really sounds like he really had no real intention of doing this from the start. It was just, hey, you think you could do this? And he bedded this uh, all the way to a, a, an incredibly successful series that I think is the Cartoon Network series of the time. It's kind of a funny story, and um, you know the um, 
uh, relates a little bit to some of the stuff that the fellow was saying the other day about angry beavers. Um, and that is, you know, how these things got commissioned. It was totally random. Um, uh, Lynn, uh, Danny and um, a woman at Cartoon Network, who's, you know, long gone now, uh, but is has quite a reputation. Her name was, is Linda Siminski. They were um, at a bar somewhere and, you know, he drew... It was actually kind of a bet, I think. He drew up some characters on a napkin, literally, and basically that's the show that got commissioned, pretty much as is with nothing else. So, wow. you know, we, we uh, um, you know, basically started from a napkin and went with no development period directly into production. <laughs> Um, there's some there's some sh things, you know, the show, every show back then had its kind of its own identity. Um, but some of the things, in my opinion, that really made Ed and Eddie stand out um, on an animation uh, side was uh, one, the color palette, whereas everything else kind of used all these like really natural poppy colors. Um, Ed, Ed and Eddie had really subdued tones, but also everything was just wacky. So while it was comforting because it was more of a um, of a muted tone, just like Kyle said earlier, they you know every kid had these weird colored tongues. Um, all the characters, like some of them had yellow skin, some of them um, had just this weirdest hair. Some of them had that weird thing where their hair color and their skin are the same color, even though it's very clearly not what's supposed to be happening. So it's just, it's all over the place, but somehow it never felt unnatural when I was a kid. Like uh, I, I, I never, I never thought twice about all the kids having different color tongues. It was just, yeah, they do. Oh, well, um, the other yeah, thing, it felt so normal. Oh yeah. No, it, 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 as a kid, I never, I never even thought of it. And then as I was growing up, like, and doing the research for the show, I still never even thought of it. Like, I was just like, yeah, no, they just had, they all just had different color tongues. That's just how they were. Um, the other thing that they did, which apparently wasn't done much afterwards for, for some unfortunate reasons, was uh, they, they did this thing called boiling lines, where um, they would take a picture uh, you know, an animation still, and they would trace over it three or four times, um, which would create this like waving kind of shimmering effect. Um, they did this for a number of reasons to one, make the characters look like they were drawn by, by children, because, you know, all the lines are kind of uneven and wavy. Um, but also it kind of gave every character this kind of like, I don't know, like this light, like, alive feeling it wasn't as static as you'd expect from this more cartoons one of the impacts that we did find out about was that um the boiling line um which um i i don't know if other mm -hmm. shows had boiling lines before ours but i think it was maybe i mean at least very unusual yeah. um mm -hmm. Uh, but those boiling lines actually made people with um uh, <laughs> photosensitivity yeah it, wow. so yeah uh you know it was like oh my god oh no what are we gonna do you know <laughs> it turned out that that was actually a big problem the other thing that always stood out to me in the show was the sound effects um i don't know if you ever noticed that like rather than just like normal like 
foley sounds like people walking or bams and pows when people would be getting hit there was always like just random noises that weren't that were random for the time but like made so much sense like every time there would be some violent interaction there would always be like a sumo yell or or some sort of karate yell that would be accompanied with it not made by the characters very clearly made as a sound effect um and it it really i kind of like hit home what was happening but never took you out of it um yeah, I think my favorite was always the donkey sound. They used the donkey sound yeah. a lot. They they would use... And I, I love that. They would use a donkey sound, and sometimes they would just use the sound of, like, monkeys or apes, just go like... Rawr, 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 like, every time <laughs> every time Ed was just doing something stupid. It, uh, every episode. Yeah, every episode. <laughs> I think, well, hey, man, though, I think there was, like, one or two episodes where, like, he was the genius of them. Yeah. Yeah, when he was, like... Uh... <laughs> Well, there's one episode where you think he's gonna be a genius, where it's like, oh, Ed has a has a scam he's gonna run, yeah. and then you follow him the whole episode, then he forgets what he was doing by the end of the episode. Yeah. Well, that's classic Ed. Classic Ed. We are so excited to announce our community partnership with the Cultural Animation Film Festival. This is their sixth year bringing animated films from all over the world. Make sure you get your in-person or online tickets to attend this upcoming October 14th, 15th, and 16th in Honolulu, Hawaii. You get a nice vacay and you get the chance to check out the most amazing independent animated flicks. If you don't happen to be in sunny Hawaii this week, you can also catch the films online. For more info, please visit www.cafest.com. That's www.cafest.com You can also find them on Instagram at CAF Festival. Go get your tickets today! With all that in mind, let's jump into the episodes we watched for this one. Our first episode was Mirror Mirror on the Ed. Yes sir, Mirror Mirror on the Ed. It is a season two, episode twenty-two, originally aired on September eighth, two thousand, written by none other than Danny Antonucci and Jono Howard. Now, this one—it's a real fun one where uh, all the Ed boys play truth or dare, and they end up daring each other to switch personalities amongst the three of them. Uh, Double D plays Big Ed, Mono Brown, and all. Mm -hmm. Eddie plays the dumbest double D you've ever seen. And Ed plays Eddie. That is until he and Plank switch places. Of course. Uh, they, they all dress and act like each other, but in twisted color schemes. Like, the colors are just, like, a bit off with each of them. Um and it sees a nice Rolf appearance because he shows up in the episode looking for Big Ed to help him squash his berries. Or it's a certain kind of berry. I thought, I thought there were beets, but it was something weird that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it was something that was like you wouldn't squish yeah. that. Um, and so he's looking for Big Ed Boy, but under the circumstances, uh, Double D is the one that keeps on. Um, be answering for for Ed, mm -hmm. uh, so it leads to some hilarious hijinks, um, and it's just a nice. It was a nice episode and opportunity for all the Eds to kind of switch 
switch up their personalities and also their walk cycles mm-hmm. and just like you know their general mannerisms uh you know, it, it's a real fun one you get to see eddie just like act like he's smart but like he's saying like if you actually listen to what he's saying it's some of the most nonsensical shit yeah <laughs> to the point where Double D has to like break character and correct him. Yeah, it, I I think he says partial instead of parched, and Double D loses it. He does. He does. <laughs> I liked this episode um, a lot. Um, I thought it really showed it because they're you know obviously they're best friends, but most of the time that's like takes the back burner to them doing their scam. And this mm-hmm. one was like there was no scam in this episode. It was just them doing friend stuff. Yeah, uh, it's it's really nice to see them just be friends and not be after some gain. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, by the end of the ep- end uh, by the end of the episode, Rolf is just confused and um <laughs> and just a great scene of Johnny holding um Big Ed as if he were Plank. Yeah. <laughs> he's just he's just naked except his underwear, and Plank is. It like pans over to Plank wearing Ed's clothes, or no, he's wearing Eddie's clothes now, right? Yeah, yeah he's wearing <laughs> Eddie's clothes now. <laughs> solid, solid episode, honestly. Which I don't think there's bad episodes in the show, but very good episode. Very good. Um, next, I think we have one of my episodes. Uh, oh, I love this episode. Wish you were Ed. Uh, season three, episode one. Aired in April 6th of 2001. Uh, once again, written by Danny Antonucci and uh, Jono Howard. Um, this episode is... Uh, it centers around Rolf, who, outside of the Eds, has always been my favorite character. Um, Rolf, as we mentioned earlier, is this like um, stand-in for uh, Danny Antonucci's immigrant experience. And he kind of represents his parents and his grandparents that were kind of like... Um, not able to easily assimilate and that's what happens to rolf he all the other kids are trying to race they're using bikes or skateboards not rolf he has a cart and his pig that he entices to to run with a picture of i guess the pig's mom um ready to suckle and it just doesn't work out for rolf and he's just get he's just frustrated and he gets tired and he has like a little breakdown and Eddie sees this as an opportunity to make some money. Um, the Eds create this, this, this whole little village in um, like the park or the industrial park. It's never really like, there's just like a dump that's very prominently featured in all these episodes and no one ever just talks about it, but there is just like this scrapyard. So they just turn it into this old world uh, location based on information that Double D finds from a book about Rolf's village. And they just go through. Rolf is initially tricked, but then, of course, Johnny ruins it for everyone, and they have to uh, they have to apologize to Rolf. And the only way that they know how is by joining in with the best song that's ever been written. That's my horse. They say, Rolf, we were just trying to share in your cultural experience. And he goes, oh, do you? They sing the song, That's My Horse, whose 
the lyrics are literally just that's my horse and then they punch each other um ed takes this well to heart to which rolf abuses the situation by saying all right ed and lets him loose on the other ed boys and they get their comeuppance by ed beating the shit out of him because that's his horse i don't know about you but that's my horse has been stuck in my head um for like 10 years 10 years or longer, you know what I mean? Since this episode aired in 2001, I I always have, like, random Civil War flashbacks to That's My Horse sometimes. That's my horse? Uh, no, 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 it's my horse. <laughs> um, what a stupid song, but also, like, amazing. Yeah, so simple yeah. and elegant. Played on a little jug. Um, mm-hmm. And also, like, this is this is one of those episodes where... The, every episode is crazy, I think, but Rolf episodes just they can just go all out because he's just from a random European country, and they can just like they can just say anything. And Rolf, then because it's Rolf, they're like, yeah, I guess that's what they do over there. <laughs> they have a like a pole to bargain with. They just sit and they put the their spleens pole. on their bargaining pole. Yeah, Rolf is just great. There's there's one episode where he uh, puts on a giant hammer hat and like smashes yeah. Eddie because he's like the hat of discipline. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another episode, the the other episode that I was thinking of choosing instead was, I think it's called Dueling Eds, if I remember correctly, and it's where mm-hmm. Rolf challenges Eddie to a duel, and Eddie finally works up the nerve to apologize, you know, to apologize to Rolf, and he goes. Have you brought the eels of sorriness? <laughs> and I don't know why. And he's like, no. Or it's, it's either eels or cupcakes of sorriness. It's one of the two. And it's just like so fucking stupid. And I love it. And I've just, I, I think about that all the time. Um, what do we have next? I, I think the next episode is, is one of yours, right? Yeah. 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 The next one's one of mine. It's called uh, Little Ed Blue. It is from Season 4, Episode 11. Originally aired on November 17th, 2003. Written by, you guessed it, Danny Antonucci and John O. Howard. So, um, in this episode, the kids of the cul-de-sac, they they gather around for a silent film that the Eds have made. It's uh, their latest scam. Um... They've they've made an entire movie and they're calling it a scam mm. <laughs> and then selling tickets to it, um, and then suddenly uh, th- there is a there's a food fight that breaks mm. out um, and it's just going crazy because it is a very boring movie mm. and so all the kids of the cul-de-sac are just fighting each other, um, but what breaks up the fight? Well, Big Ed Boy enters the scene. And when uh, when big when Ed, big Ed boy enters the scene, there's something clearly wrong yeah. with him because you usually Ed he's a cheery chap, he's dumb but he's cheery, he's happy. Um, and you really see that something's wrong when he uh, gathers up literally everyone with his superhuman strength and um, forces them out of this garage. And when questioned about why this is happening and even yelled at by his sister, he yells back. He shouts down his sister, Sarah, which pretty much never happens in the mm-hmm. series. Sarah is usually the boss of that relationship. Yeah, she's a very abusive sibling. She yeah. is. Um, poor Ed. Poor Ed. 
He deserves it a lot of times. But <laughs> yeah, he yeah. does. Uh, but yeah, so when when he shouts back at Sarah, that's the point when Sarah's like, uh, "Guys, I think we should leave Ed alone." <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, it shows Ed's not fucking around if he is yelling at Sarah. So he's he's cranky as hell, and he just doesn't want to deal with any of these kids from the neighborhood, mm-hmm. from, from the cul-de-sac. So um, Double D, being nosy Nancy, mm-hmm. uh, insists to Eddie that they nurture their dear friend back to his goofy self. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Ed destroys or mangle, mangles. Big Ed destroys or mangles every attempt uh, his friends make to cheer him up. Uh, Remember, you know, just it's very important to know for this episode that Big Ed has superhuman strength because he does destroy, like, the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there, there's a scene where they're trying to cheer him up and you just see trees flying <laughs> off screen. You see, you see swing sets getting tossed around. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so... The, the whole episode it, it's just it's just a grumpy ed episode mm-hmm. but i love it this is my this is probably the episode that i remember most uh, just because of how it mm-hmm. ends uh but it's just a whole episode that's just about oh man ed is grumpy um and his friends are trying to cheer him up it's not working not working um but then you know it it gets to a breaking point it gets to a breaking point where even Eddie can't take it anymore. Uh, where Eddie and Ed, uh, Double D, cannot take it anymore. Mm-hmm. They they are they are really struggling with it. And then Johnny, Johnny and Plank enter the scene. And who who knew that this is just what they needed? But uh, so Big Ed is threatening to break Plank over his mm-hmm. knee, while with his other leg, keeping Johnny at bay. Uh, and during this scene, you get to see a classic Plank Johnny moment where Plank tells Johnny something that no one could have known. Mm-hmm. Where uh, where Johnny's like, "You want me to what? Well, okay, buddy, but that sounds weird." And he uh, he takes off Big Ed's shoe that is currently on his chest. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he takes that shoe off, a little tiny pebble falls out. And then Big Ed just transforms right back to big stupid Ed boy. And he is happy as can be and then then you get a nice scene of uh double D kind of losing it because he's like, You were upset and destroying everything in the neighborhood because you had a rock in your shoe. Something yeah. that could have easily been fixed. <laughs> it, I, I love it when Double D gets so upset because there's so much shit that like happens. It's and then like once he finally reaches his breaking point, he just loses it. Yeah, <laughs> and he really he really reaches that point at the end of this yeah. one. I uh, I thought this was a good. I, I feel like Johnny is either there's no middle ground with Johnny as a character. He's either incredibly annoying and a problem, or he solves the issue. There's no middle ground with Johnny. The thing is when it's. When it's just Johnny, it's usually annoying. But when it's Plank solving, mm-hmm. Plank is going to solve that problem. Yeah. Like, I think in the earlier episode that we watched with The Truth or Dare, they, they dared him to buzz off. 
<laughs> he's just trying to like flap his flap his wings and try to buzz off. He's buzz 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 off, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, I don't know. I, I thought this was a good episode because there's very little dialogue from Ed the entire episode. I think he says like five words, and most of them are what he's yelling. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really. I guess the two episodes I chose were a nice exploration of the Ed characters. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they're not trying to do a scam in this one either. It's just Ed Ed is really upset. Mm-hmm. And his friends are trying to comfort him and nothing works. Uh, the last episode that we did um, was... And I, I don't think we mentioned this earlier. All these episode titles are based on like sayings or usually movies or books. Um, this one is... And I, it's very obvious if you listen, read the title. This one was called The Day the Ed Stood Still. Season 3, episode 22. Uh, aired June 28th, 2002. And this one was written by Danny Antonucci and Mike, I believe it's pronounced Cubat, uh, just because I'm a Pokemon fan and that's how I will be saying it. Um, this is also another um, Ed-centric episode. Uh, they're trying to do uh, like a Hawaiian getaway scam and Ed sees a cutout with a monster and decides that he wants to be a monster. Uh, they make him a costume, and he gets way, way too into it, uh, to the point where he just starts terrorizing the rest of the uh, the rest of the cul-de-sac. Eddie initially thinks it's hilarious. Double D is just trying to do damage control because the other kids don't realize that this is Ed in his monster suit. He keeps just he just keeps eating and abducting people and they eventually get cornered in a uh, a tree house and he's just circling the bottom of the tree house like a fucking monster and a maniac takes them all down and we finally get the reveal of what's happening to all these kids um he's bringing them to his room in his basement eating a bunch i think they're called chunky puffs is the cereal that they have in the show he eats it and then he regurgitates it onto the walls and onto them to like stick them to the walls which reminded me of the do you ever watch the movie jeepers creepers yeah the he the the monster in that movie would just stick his victims to the walls in his lair um so i don't know if this is a reference to that but that's what it that's what i initially thought of um and they're just they don't know how to deal with it until eventually they're just able to get the the mask off his head and he just he's like ah I, okay i'm done now <laughs> he causes significant significant property damage um and as a result like property damage and like real world damage because they just leave the kids up there like they don't want to deal with the with the repercussions of all the kids being so angry about what Ed did to them because it's it's really gross. Like we said, he's he's throwing up chewed cereal onto them to stick them to the walls. It's really gross, but like this one did was like a unlocked like a memory for me. I was like, oh my god, I remember this one. This was I think they used to play it all the time during like yeah. Halloween time. They would have this one going. Um, <laughs> I think that they decide to just hang out and. Uh, lay low underneath Eddie's bed, which is just full of like provisions, 
uh, porno mags and food and stuff like that. Um, and some used tissues because he's been crying. Obviously because he's been crying because Eddie has it tough. Um, <laughs> that's the only reason and that's all we're going to say about it. Um, <laughs> Ed, of course, refuses to uh, be chill about it and just keeps pretending to be more and more monsters, including... Uh, my personal favorite, where he bursts through Eddie's bed and goes, I'm bed body, sleep on me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just how the show ends. Like, it, uh, very... No, he, he doesn't say bed body. What does he say? He says, I'm bed Bundy. Bed Bundy? Oh, I always... Is that what he's actually saying? <laughs> yeah. He says, I'm bed Bundy. Oh, my God. I always thought it was, I'm bed body. <laughs> and I was like, that's that's a stupid name, but I'll go with it. No, he he says bed bunny. That makes that makes way more sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. Man, this show they really got away with a lot in this show back in the nineties and the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and so this is another one of those classic shows that um, has two episodes per each episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so in one of the other ones that was attached to one of these mm-hmm. episodes, there was a scene where uh, it's an episode where Ed's grounded. Mm-hmm. And they removed his stairs, and and Double D is just like, that's trouble. Yeah. <laughs> just like they took his stairs away, so he's literally like grounded in the yeah. basement. My parents took them away because I am grounded. <laughs> I, 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 it always amazes me watching these old shows and just thinking about what they were allowed to get away with because this would not be... Half of this stuff would not be okay now. It's maybe for like an adult, more adult cartoon. But this is aimed for yeah, like, the... I mean, I think it's aimed for preteens. But this, like, we were watching this when we were like seven and eight years old. Um, yeah, and no one had a problem with it. We were all cool with it back then. Um, and there were porno mags. <laughs> hey man, porno mags is an important part of life. Um, even though. True. Even though I can't think of a single person who has a magazine subscription still. Uh, yeah. I don't think they... I, I think most places have gotten rid of physical magazines, which is probably for the best. Print is Print dead. Print is dead. Um, but those are the four episodes that we watched. Um, did, did this show, like, other than, like, feelings of nostalgia that we're going to be getting from every one of these shows, did it, like, unlock any core memories for you specifically that you just hadn't thought about for a long time um like i said the the day the ed stood still that one definitely did because so originally we watched a different ed centered one and then i think you realized that's not the episode you were thinking of um because yeah when i when we watched the one that we watched the day the ed stood Mm -hmm. still i was like oh my god yeah right 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 this one is so cool Mm -hmm. That episode is just so cool. He has a whole layer. It's just like a real kids monster movie. Yeah. <laughs> and and they really they they really um every time they explore a genre in one of these episodes, I think they really like go all out. Um and it it shows that they're very cognizant of like what they're doing cuz in the in in that episode the day the Ed stood still, they're using all the classic horror tropes um low angles like the monster appearing just behind them and just being in the distance menacingly um 
Yeah, they they don't show the monster until like the end of the episode, towards the end of the episode. Yeah, and even though it's a costume, like it's pretty good, pretty good monster design, right? It yeah. is. It is. Uh, uh, Double D is a very good seamstress, so he he made a very good costume for him. Yeah. Um. Um. So, d- does would you say that this show holds up in twenty twenty two? I would. Say, yes, I would say that it does hold up. Now you have to remember this is from someone who already watched the show in the past, but I think if you were to show this show to someone who's like at least ten ten years old or so to be able to understand some of these references. I think I think they would get it. Um, I think yeah. so. Uh, I, I really do, and like we said, like I was still I was still cracking up watching the episodes that we watched. Uh, there, they really did slip a lot of good jokes into these. Yeah, things. and they are w- well set up, and there's they are well paid. And there's off. nothing like era specific about the comedy in this show. Like most, if not all, the jokes like are still relevant today. Maybe the humor is a little bit different in children's shows today, but, like, there's nothing like, well, you'd have to be alive in the 90s to get this reference, or you'd have to be, you know, you'd have to have been watching it contemporaneously to know what was going on. Yeah. Um, I feel that. So this show had a very clear series finale, a big picture show. Um, But we've seen that shows always have revivals and reboots nowadays do you think this show needs a reboot or a revival maybe another season or another special i'd say absolutely i'd not. agree i i think yeah i think if if they ended it where they intended to end it let it let it sit there <laughs> yeah had a very had a very satisfying ending and i i mean i won't be mad if the show comes back but i just don't think it'll ever yeah. be as good as the buttoned up ending that they've made just with how things have changed now. So even though I love the show, leave it alone. They're making a live action one with the Jonas brothers. Uh, I'm actually, I'm going to change my, my answer. (laughs) I'm now on board. (laughs) None of the Jonas brothers are playing the character that you think they'd be playing. (laughs) I can tell yeah. you, I'm still in touch with a ton of the artists. I mean, they're like family. Yeah. And um, if we would do that for a different show, for yeah. sure, we would, um, you know, if if we could, um, if we could work under those conditions, there is no doubt the, that uh, people would flock back to the, to that work environment. Um, and um, really, it would be wonderful. Uh, so do you think you're going to end up watching more of this just like on your own? I think I think I'll watch a couple more episodes just because uh, there's so many. I mean, like I said, I think there's 26 episodes yeah. over six seasons. Like there's 69 episodes. Um, so I will definitely watch more just because there are other episodes while I was thinking of this that I was like, man, oh, I should have picked that episode instead. So I'm definitely going to pick those and watch those episodes. I think that's going to happen with every single one of these shows that that we have experience with. Mm-hmm. Maybe not with ones we don't have experience with. But um, I don't know. Maybe because I, I loved Angry Beavers. I haven't watched a single episode of Angry Beavers since we did that episode. Well, so when we when we did that episode, I did a nice stretch. Yeah. Uh, like for a week, I was watching a little mm-hmm. bit here and there. And I'll probably do the same with this one. I'll probably watch a little bit here and there. And then I'll fade off and go to the thing that we're watching yeah. next. 
Yeah, I, I will definitely watch a little bit more of Ed and Eddie. I love this show. This show is my childhood, and I'm I'm glad for it. Yeah, me too. Me too. This podcast is produced by Franzapata and Undercover Pod Network. Our hosts are Kyle Frazier and Teej Singh. Audio editing by Kyle Frazier. Research by Kyle Frazier, Teej Singh, and Franzapata. Story editing by Kyle Frazier, Teej Singh, and Franzapata. Make sure you subscribe if you like what we have going on and stay updated on new releases. We release a new episode every other Friday. You can find our podcast on most major platforms, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Audible, and if you're feeling tipsy and want to help us get some nice ice-cold chocolate milk, give some love at patreon.com slash thatcartoonpodcast. Also, we'll be sending special gadgets to our patrons, from shoutouts to exclusive stickers, swag, and even some Patreon-exclusive content. See you on the next episode of That Cartoon Podcast.